everyone recognizes that sound, right? This is the sound that plays at the beginning of every movie. The anticipation of what you're about to see had you hanging on from your seat with some type of abnormal excitement. However, many might not be aware of what happens behind the camera before you hear this sound. In a look behind the lens, we are going to be listening to filmmakers share their stories and the journey that it took for them to create their projects. And we're going to be addressing it all, whether what happens in the writing room, what happens on set, or what happens during post-production. Today we're going to be interviewing Mackie Kintush and Richard Aries, two filmmakers from the film collective The Right Writers Room. And we're going to be talking about their Arts High 2022 film festival project, Tunnel Vision. With all of that out of the way, follow me and take a look behind the lens. Tell me about the concept behind Tunnel Vision, Richard. The concept behind Tunnel Vision was mostly just to show off our projects from 2022, including our Vans commercial, A Burning Hill, and Man Without Fear trailer. The concept of it was to show a possessed TV flipping through channels, but we tried to capture this weird glitchy mountain vibe. It was based off of an album that we like, and um, we tried to target that. That's why we used the music from that album in the project. Yeah, in the beginning and the and the end. And yeah. the end. But the base of it is just a compilation of things that you would see on TV, but into a seven-minute video project. Now, in between each different part and each different video that you guys had presented, there are these weird glitches, and what is that representing? That was supposed to put people into the, um, the project. That's why I kind of experimented with the left and right stereo and like trying to make it seem like it's surrounding you. It was very fun and it worked when we were presenting it. You can hear it from each of the sides of the, the speakers, auditorium. Yeah, the, auditorium. Yeah, the, the speakers try to put you into the world of the TV and the possession. It's supposed to be the cuts between the channels. All right. So now we're gonna get into each specific project individually. We're gonna start with Vans, then we're gonna go into a Burning Hill, and then we're gonna end off with Man Without Fear along with Outro. How did you guys go about making this experimentalist project? We needed to submit something for our midterm, and we all came to this agreement. Oh, the most that we have is van stuff. So we were like, oh, okay, let's just use our Vans products. Yeah, because we each had something Vans, and you especially, you had a lot of Vans. You had your lanyard, your book bag, and like three pairs of shoes. I was in my Vans era, <laughs> yeah. So it really worked because it was the most accessible one to all of us. Yeah. I remember we- We were checking, trying to do something for Spotify. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like someone in a bubble or something. Yeah. But how how would we do that? No CGI. Exactly. So we had to settle for simple glitch aesthetics yeah. and transitions. It was trying to capture the energy of the song that we used, Devil's Advocate by The Neighborhood. We tried to um, capture like all these jumpy shots with switching between the color of the shoes and like switching between the steps on the stairwell. It works well with the with the song because it's kind of an electronic song. It yeah. has like the the beat behind it. It's it's not just your average indie pop song. It has pretty electronic elements to it, which is why the glitch effects and the whole editing aspect of the Vans commercial works with Devil's Advocate. Yeah. It was a lot of like electric shots. Yeah. The best way I could phrase it. Mm -hmm. Like the car coming in behind. Some of those things just sort of happened. Mm -hmm. Like with the snow, that wasn't planned either. It was just a lot of fun to film. It was. Now, there was an interesting story behind getting the car shot. 
Yeah. Awesome. You guys like the hot <laughs> So, <laughs> me and my friend Damien, we were out in the snow. Shout out Damien. Um, and the car scene, we happened to be walking on the road. And I told Damien, you know it would be a cool shot? A low angle with um, the street behind. And a car happened to be rolling down the street as we were filming it. So, I was a couple feet from getting ran over. <laughs> Great example of doing what you can to get the shot. Yeah. <laughs> now, if Vans were to sit down in front of the both of you guys, give you $3 million and make a commercial, what would you do? Not submit that one. <laughs> we, could, we could work on a couple of things from uh -huh. that one. But I feel like we've evolved so much yeah. off of that um, commercial. I feel like if we could go back Especially because we had such little pre-production stage to it. Yeah, it was very rushed. But it we was... work good under, under pressure. That's true. That is true. Yeah. Flashbacks um, to yesterday. Three million is a lot. Yeah. But we would definitely step up our game. I feel like mm. the base of what we had, we'd use it probably with better equipment and stuff. It, it, it's just like, I don't know, something about it is just so like us. Yeah. yeah. Hello, my name is Devin Frocket, and you are listening to A Look Behind the Lens. Right now, I'm sitting here at Richard Aries and Mackie Kintish, two filmmakers from the film collective The Right Writers Room. And while we just got off of the Vans commercial, we are now going to move on to A Burning Hill, a music video directed by Mackie Kintish and a song created by Mitski. I'm curious as to why they used the Mitski song for this video, so we're going to find out now. I worked with my sister on this one, and her and I, we had this little phase that we're still kind of in, but... Um, and so when this project came around and we had to do a music video, to us, it kind of clicked really quickly. I had originally thought of using Rhinestone Eyes by Gorillaz, but that song was never really personal to me. And it's not that I couldn't do something with it, it's that I know that I would be able to do more if I used something that, would, that really stuck out to me. So because I was working with my sister on it, we thought of a, a couple songs. And I remember there was this one day, Richard and I had left school. We were listening to uh, the, the shared session thing on Spotify and we were listening to Rhinestone Eyes. And after it, A Burning Hill played and I was like, Listen, I know that Rhinestone is a good song. I know that we could use it, but can we do Mitski? Actually, can we do Mitski? Because I feel like this, I, kn I know that I can do this. And it's not that I couldn't do the other one, but I know that I, that I can do this one. We were even and planning on buying Rhinestone Eyes yeah, like on little, Amazon, mm -hmm, like little mm -hmm, gems and stuff. Yeah. And, and then, working out though. Yeah, and the song and then the the song played next and we were like, yeah, no, this one's it. I'm, I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to Gorillaz, but Mitski. So then, I went home and this kills me every time I think about it because I spent that week, me and my sister, going back and forth on the script for the music video and then we were done. It was perfect. Come back to a couple months later, turns out I don't have the file anymore. So I had to redo the entire project again in about three days because it was getting closer the to the week deadline. before the deadline. Yeah, it was literally the week of the film festival. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a whole process, but I worked with a Mitski song because of how easily I just connect to her music and the way that I'm able to decipher her lyrics and be able to apply that to my own personal experiences and the way that I'm able to connect with them and that's something that I know I'd be able to do. Not only something good with it, but something that would really, really work for us. 
In the video, there is also an even more personal touch. It feels like you are really going through the main character's life. And so there's a very great feeling of intimacy. Mm -hmm. It was it was definitely intentional because she's portraying the main character. All we really had to do to, to get her into character is just listening to the song itself. And then we kind of like made this little story, right? About a character who was in this relationship that wasn't giving her what she needed and she needed an out to that relationship even if her life continued to be uh monotonous it was still at least she was free she might have been lonely but at least she was free and that's something that both of us really connected to so it was definitely intentionally intimate because of how intimate the song was to us well i applaud you on the video Three days is not a very great amount of time to record, <laughs> film, edit, just about anything. So talk to me about those three days because there must have been a lot going through. Oh that. yeah, they were stressful. They were, they were, <laughs> they were stressful. Lack I, of sleep. Oh yeah, sleep? What was sleep? I don't, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I, for, the, for like that entire week, I, I don't know what sleep was. Yeah. Never even heard of her. Not healthy, uh -uh. but... <laughs> Look where we are now. Right. It worked. And this was so stress-inducing because if something didn't work, I had very, very limited amount of time to reshoot it. Yeah. So all of the reshoots happened on Monday, plus the train scene, plus the scene where she's uh, laying down on a bed and crying, right? It was like in the middle of a song. All of that was shot on Monday where my sister had to get up to work at five in the morning, only getting home at seven. So she didn't have much time available. I also had school. I didn't have much time available. So we had to literally get up at around 4.30 to film the scenes where she's in front of the mirror. Uh, and then she still had a whole day of work of work ahead of her. I had a whole day of school ahead of me. And then afterwards, we still had to do the reshoots and all of that. And it was, it was a lot. And then I had to finish editing within that same day too, so. Hello, my name is Devin Brockett and you are listening to A Look Behind the Currently, I'm sitting here at Richard Aries and Maggie Kintosh, two filmmakers from the film collective, The Right Writers Room. We just finished talking about A Burning Hill and how Maggie Kintosh edited the video in three days, which is not a very easy feat. So imagining a trailer being done with a limited amount of time as well is even more crazy to imagine. Now we're going to move into the final segment of the interview, Man Without Fear, the Daredevil fan trailer directed by Richard Aries. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of treated the trailer as a film in a way where it builds up to this climax. This whole universe that I'm building is based off of Daredevil, the blind lawyer um, wears a devil costume at night, vigilante. It's like this whole universe that I'm trying to recreate. It's just a Putting lot of fun. Putting our own spin on it. Yeah. I think an interesting aspect of the trailer is seeing Matt's relationship with the people around him. Yeah. Which one of you responsible for that one. Miss A. <laughs> yeah, Miss A, the head of the Right Writers Room. Oh yeah. She mm -hmm. really helped us develop it. All the background, like the little things, she helped us push through that. Not that it's very visible in the trailer because it was just a trailer, but when we were actually writing, we ended up kind of coming up with the concept of the full movie itself. Mm -hmm. And in that, we also really touch 
on Matt's relationship with Daredevil and then Daredevil and Matt's relationship as like two separate characters yeah. and their relationship with Kingpin and with the conflict and yeah. how how different their moral compasses are even though they're the same person yeah mm-hmm. there are a lot of kind of hidden aspects in the trailer. Talk to me about a few of the cameos that you guys have, because there are a lot. The cameos were definitely my favorite part <laughs> of the whole thing. Like the world building aspect uh-huh. is my favorite part. And this kind of plays into that, where we have a character from Hawkeye, Kate Bishop, and um, our Miss A, Yes. she plays Kate Bishop for the little second that we see her in the hallway scene. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have our chemistry teacher who, for Halloween, it was a big joke. He wore the Spider-Man costume and we called him Spider-Kai. Because so, his name is Mr. Kai. Yeah. And everybody loved it. So when we were thinking of doing this, we were like, Spider-Kai, what if, what, if, what if we bring in Mr. Kai? No one expected that. And it got so loud in the auditorium yeah. when people saw that. It was so funny. And the the cameos do have meaning behind them. And mm-hmm. they do have like actual value behind it, which we'll see in the future. But as of right now, it's just uh, if you get it, you get it. Yeah. And people if got it. you know, it. you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I do want to get into the Kate Bishop cameo. Because there's an interesting story behind filming that. Arrow. Oh. So, as Daredevil, I I can't really see. So, my finger had just slipped and I shot someone with an arrow. Don't worry though, it was plastic. I hope it didn't hurt. It hurt a little bit. Okay. And then another arrow ended up disappearing. I remember that. Yeah. So, Richard was playing around with the arrows and I was like, Oh, shoot me. And he was like, what? And I was like, just shoot me with an arrow. And he was like, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he did. Um, it didn't really hurt. It hurt a little bit. I'm it sorry. It hurt my feelings. Yeah, but you told me to do it. <laughs> um, um, another thing about that hallway scene actually is those lights weren't actually red. Oh, they were red. not flickering. They weren't flickering and they weren't red. That mm-hmm. was all in post-production. And I was syncing it up to the beat, but in a way where it seemed authentically flickering and not just happened to be on beat. Mm-hmm. The music is a very big part of this trailer as well. When it came to finding movie trailer type music, how did you guys go about doing that? Because I can only imagine that that's not as easy as it sounds. <laughs> the music was a very important part. It's kind of also the template of the trailer. Um, it was difficult editing it down and cropping it in a way where everything fit, but overlaying the orchestra at the end and all these different parts and merging Kingpin's theme at the end with it was in itself probably harder than filming some of the shots. It was just a whole process, but it really adds to um, the whole trailer. It was so helpful. In the final stages of editing, how did you guys feel knowing that you were mostly finished with filming and ready to get it out. Were you guys excited? So excited, but the thought of just missing one thing Mm. is so devastating because Mm. you have to go back and film everything for continuity, the plot, everything, and... Yeah, we're not pulling a Peter Parker and Infinity War. Yeah, no, we have to keep it 100% (laughs) at all times. Mm -hmm. It was was a struggle that last week. I don't want to talk about that last week again. (laughs) But it was was so exciting and so relieving to like finally show it off. Yeah, when it was out. And like watching it, there was tears. It was so good. It's like 
the such world a relief. was finally lifted off our shoulders. Yeah, because we spent and we got to breathe. We spent like months just constructing it and yeah. building it together. And I remember with Man Without Fear, we would write some, we would start filming it, and then we would write some more, and we'd be like, oh wait, then that doesn't work with the first ones, or we have to reshoot that again. It there was so much back and a forth. A three month process of just restarting. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I'm not even fully satisfied with the end product. I can, I know we can do better. We can do better, and we will do better. We will. Looking back on what you guys have done last year, what are your hopes for this year's film festival? The hopes for this year? Go big or go home. We set the bar for ourselves, and this year we're setting it so, so much, much higher. higher. <laughs> we have so much more attention to detail, and this next one is going to blow it out of the water in every single mm. aspect. Not going to reveal too much. We're using the same template as before, but this one's just way more developed and mm -hmm. is going to weigh so much more than the last one. There's also a much, much bigger thought process into the pre-production stage because with last year, we realized how important it really is to have your stories fully developed so that you don't have the restarting problem. Yeah. So we stepped with our this game year, up in pre-production. Mm -hmm, we realized how important pre-production really was. Yeah. And that was Richard Aries and Maggie Quintas from the Bright Writers Room. They will be releasing their project Tunnel Vision at the Arts High School Film Festival 2023. As a member of the Wright Writers Room, seeing their drive for success and ability to put in so much hard work into their projects can be extremely inspiring from the perspective of a filmmaker like myself. So when you see their names on the big screen, don't be surprised. Thank you for listening to A Look Behind the Lens, and you can catch me behind the lens.